You're listening to Divinely Curious, the podcast for mystics, seekers, and the spiritually curious. I'm Heather Augusta. Join me and my co-host, Emily Rose, for spirited discussions about what's capturing our curiosity and what we're discovering along the way. (laughs) Hey, Emily. Hey, Heather. Do you want to talk about when readings go wonky? Yes, let's do it. You do a lot more reading than I do, so for other people. So I'm super curious what your experience has been. Like, what do you consider, like, like, what does it mean when a reading goes wonky? Well, there's a couple of things, I think. This happened a lot more when I first started, I think, as a reader. And it can mean a lot of different things. So the first thing, when a reading goes wonky, it... that what just comes to mind is when you're doing a reading and things are just not making sense to you as a reader and you're like trying to put the pieces together and you're like, this is just not making sense. And you're saying something to a client and they're like, and they don't. So I think that's one version, which I could talk about later, you know, what I think is happening there, but I think that's one way. Another way that it can go wonky, so that's basically that first one, it's not resonating. The other way it can go wonky is when you're, and I'm coming at this as a reader, right? Since that's primarily how I'm interacting with this, is when people get mad at you (laughs) in a reading sometimes. I have clients get mad at me in a reading. That happens actually a lot more now, and I kind of see it as a good thing a little bit, but, and I'll tell you why, but Uh, It can kind of go a little wonky there, I think, because, you know, maybe you're hitting on some things that are a little sensitive for whatever. The other thing, you know, another one is that your technology just stops working. (laughs) That's happened a few times. Yeah. Problems with readers of the modern age. Yep. And your, your technology just totally stops working and you have to adapt and you have to kind of like, you know, your energy is kind of gone from the first part, then you have to kind of re bring it back in a different medium. So maybe you're on Zoom, and then you have to go to phone. That's something I've dealt with a lot. Yeah, those are just some of the first things that kind of come to mind for me, when it comes to readings, I think, and they they go a little wonky. Or I guess one more is that it's just like when someone comes to you, and you're just like, either not equipped to handle their questions, you don't want to handle their questions, it's not your area. And so, yeah, we could talk about that too. Like they're coming to you with something that would be better for a doctor, (laughs) maybe better for a therapist, or maybe better for a different professional, a lawyer, just some, some things like that. So yeah, those are some of the things I can think about with when a reading goes wonky. It's funny when you were talking about the technology aspect of it, I was like, yeah, in the old days, like the tarot cards didn't break, like you're face to face. But you know, in the really old days, that equivalent would have been the the village shows up with pitchforks and, and torches <laughs> because you're giving tarot readings. That would be technical difficulties during Yeah, reading. that would be that would be definitely be a technical difficulty. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy to to brave the the Wi-Fi gods rather than the, you know, villagers with pitchforks. Do you do anything to appease the Wi-Fi gods? No, it's fickle. I stopped trying. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes in my emails when I'm sending it out to my classes and I have like a bigger, you know, Zoom meeting with people or whatever, I'll say something like, 
this is my prayer to the internet gods. Sometimes I write it in the message, but you know. (laughs) So I'd love to hear, I mean, I'd love to hear some stories about situations where, where the readings have gone wonky. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many, Heather. I don't even know where to, well, cause I've been reading now professionally for five or six years now in like a lot of readings. So, okay. I guess some of the first ones that come to mind, and I think this is important for any new reader. So if you're thinking about reading for other people, this, this whole episode, I think is going to be really important for you, but this in particular. So when I first started, I am, you know, I read Lenormand cards, which are predictive. They're really straight fortune telling cards. I also read tarot and I also get like kind of psychic hits and stuff like that. So I was reading for, uh, this would happen actually a lot where I'd read for people and they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this actually happened at my audition for New Renaissance. Uh, I was auditioning for New Renaissance. And when I was doing that, they were like, I, this reading does not make sense to me. And I was like, oh God, I so bombed that. And <laughs> I just didn't expect, because you have to, it's kind of a, it's, you know, it's a process to get in there. Right. So I was like, well, I'm not getting in there. Like they did not, you know, get my reading. Cause you basically just read for, for yeah. their events coordinator. And then they message me like two weeks later and they're like, you know, I just gave up on the whole thing. And they were like, oh my God, your whole reading happened. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, whenever you want to come, you can come. (laughs) That's so funny that you talk about that because I had a reading where I was like, somebody was auditioning to me to do a reading and something similar happened where I, where I, the person who was doing the reading didn't ask me any questions. Like they just started pulling cards and which is Ooh. weird. I'm like, doesn't, don't like when you, when you get a reading as a reader, you're supposed to be like, what do you want to talk about? What questions mm-hmm. do you have? This person did not do that with me. They just started laying out cards. I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're doing a reading now. And the reading was really bad for a lot of reasons, but, and we can talk about that later. But one of the big ones, one of the big things was, is that although the interpretation of the cards was so off base, the cards themselves, because I'm an experienced reader too, were exactly right. So it was, so, it was really funny. I was like, <laughs> well, we picked the right cards. We just got, uh, we just got a really weird interpretation. So that's so interesting. Like that you, you as the <laughs> client could read the cards and, and see so much more. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. But yeah, that, that is something that I see a lot is, and so that's something that when I first started, I was so self-conscious about it. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, these people aren't getting what I'm saying. Cause I think, you know, in some readings I'd be like, well, you're going to look for the house and don't buy the first one. Cause it's going to be a money pit. And that's just, what's coming through. I'm like, you're going to want to buy the third one. The third one you look at is the one. And they would be like, what? I'm not even looking for a house. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, man, I'm so off base. And then they would write me and say, actually, one of my family members just passed away and left me a bunch of money. And now I'm buying a house. Like, you know, it's just, wow. it's just one of those things that happened. And at first, every time that would happen to me, I would feel self-conscious about it. Like, am I doing the right thing? But I've gotten enough confirmation from people 
writing me after readings. Yeah. Or I I would at first, you know, and I still do this. I send people like a survey after the reading, like a quick five minute thing. And when I first started, I would do that also like three, six months from the time to ask, you know, how the reading resonated for them. And I would get that over and over and over again, that that provided me with enough experience and kind of, you know, enough fodder there or whatever you want to call it to be like, okay, now I can trust myself to this kind of level. But it does create a weird energy in a reading when they're just like, oh, yeah, what the heck you're saying? Yeah. I, so it's that kind of, creates it's just, a weird energy. But yeah, yeah, like that whole, like, this is not landing. This doesn't. So the, the, the modality that I do is called soul realignment, as you well know. And the thing is, is that a lot of the work that I do is before the reading. I'm actually not pulling information during a reading. I actually, beforehand, I do all of this dowsing. I do all this psychic work and I'm pulling together a picture. And these people that I read for, I've never met them before. And so the, and I'm doing past life stuff and I'm like, wow, this stuff is like, doesn't make any sense at all. I am literally just pulling it out of the Akashic records. I have no idea. And so for the most part, things resonate but every once in a while somebody will will be like blink blink just not totally non-responsive the weird thing is is that every time I've had a client who has either been not responsive during the reading I don't know if anything is landing or like kind of like side-eyeing those people have come back or like in one case what I considered to be a reading that was not that really didn't land because I wasn't getting the, the sort of back and forth. I don't need affirmation, but I just need like, okay, that makes sense. Or that doesn't make sense, whatever. I just wasn't getting that so much. And I just was feeling intuitively, like maybe this wasn't working. That person has referred me more clients than any of my other clients. (laughs) So obviously (laughs) something landed there. So it's really funny how what is happening in the context of the reading isn't actually necessarily an indicator of, of whether it was a good, effective, insightful, helpful reading. Totally. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because you don't know what, how people respond to things, you know, and I know this is like not a great example, but I watch a lot of true crime when someone gets horrible news the police and things try to pin it on them and be like, see, they didn't react. Well, everybody reacts differently to trauma. I think the same kind of thing applies here. You don't know how people react to getting information to, you know, you don't know what, especially I read for people I don't know all the time and I don't know how they're going to respond and react. And and we truly don't know what what the impact is at that time. Well, sometimes people too, I mean, this is helpful for all new readers, Uh, obviously, like you're saying, don't necessarily gauge whether you had a good or a bad reading based on your client's reaction in the moment. And don't expect the affirmation, like don't expect the feel good, like you are right, this is totally resonating with your clients, because most of your clients are actually not going to say that to you during, during your readings. But also some people, they're so far removed from like spiritual work. They're so far removed from even like self-inquiry, like questioning like their beliefs and their thoughts and even seeing themselves with clear eyes that to be presented with truth, it's just, it's not going to make sense to them in that moment. And I mean, we have those dream clients that are like do tons of spiritual work. They come in 
they're, they have a question and they're ready to hear an answer, good, bad, or whatever, indifferent. And then there are people that are just like, does not compute, does not compute. You see the little spinning wheel in front of their face. Yeah. And that's all it is, is it's a spinning wheel. It's the information is just processing. And this is something uh, that I, I didn't understand when I first started reading. And then what helped me understand this, which I actually don't allow this in my readings anymore, but I used to let people bring another person into their reading with them. And this would usually be like a family member, a best friend. They'd come in, you know, to New Renaissance where I was reading. And, and then I would tell them things and they'd be like, uh, that doesn't make sense. And the friend would just be like, hello. Yes, it does. Remember this? <laughs> that guy totally sucks that you were just dating. And, you know, you shouldn't want him back anyway. And she's telling you the same thing, you know, whatever. Um, so that actually kind of helped me at the start of having another person just being like, duh, to, to people. <laughs> Someone who can corroborate, corroborate the story. <laughs> yes. Now I don't let that happen anymore. I don't let other people into readings because I don't know who's going to come up in their reading and I don't want to be filtering myself. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially reading Lenormand, like you cannot put a filter on it. So I'm not going to filter my responses because of who else is in the room. I, you know, then I'm not channeling, I'm not doing my job. So I don't, I don't let other people in the room now. And that's just my personal choice. But I know people who do readings with, you know, they do love readings for couples or whatever, and that's their style. But the other thing I was going to say with that too, is I have a few clients that they're verbal processors, right? I, I am I'm one of those people, but they will be like, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Why doesn't this make sense? And I just say, this is predictive. A hundred percent of it doesn't have to make sense right now. It's okay for it not to make sense. But those people are the ones that come back to me again and again and again and again. And so even after I leave the reading, man, that did not feel good. You know, as a reader, yeah. they come back and they're like, yeah. oh, that helped me. And, and so you know, sometimes too, sometimes you do have, I, I know we're making it sound like, oh, there is no such thing as a bad reading. I don't know. That's your perspective. But I've definitely had, you know, readings. I've had wonky readings that just didn't work out. And I never saw them again. I don't know. They didn't respond to my stuff. So I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, so there is sometimes, sometimes an unknown, but I say more often than not, the ones that I had the biggest question mark over after the reading, they come back. Almost every time, which is really weird, <laughs> but it happens. So what about people getting angry with you during readings? You said that Oh, happens. God. Yes, that happens more actually now, but again, they come back. So this used to happen occasionally when I read in person for people. And it, that was just, you know, at first I took it personally. Then I realized like, no, that's just them. <laughs> you know, I, I would have people mad about my ethics that I have. I won't read about another person's thoughts and feelings if they don't pertain to you so if, if someone wants to know how does this person feel about me I'm fine at answering that question but I'm not gonna just psychically spy on somebody and some people would get mad at me for not doing that which yeah you know at the time I was like oh am I doing the right thing you know when I first started not too bad but I'm not doing that you know so that's one thing that's one category the other category is when I start talking about something this happened I'll give you an example. This this was a reading from a, a couple years ago, so I think I can talk about it and I'll change a little bit of details to protect privacy. But 
somebody wanted a reading and all that was coming up and, and they wanted to know about work. They were wanting to know about work. And so I answered their question about work. But what's coming up here is is motherhood and the idea of motherhood that's coming up all over your reading. And she was like, I don't want to talk about that. And I was like, okay, but that's all that's coming up. Are you sure you don't want me to just tell you what the cards are saying? And then she's like, I don't want to talk about that at all. Okay, I'll respect that boundary. I'll just put them away. But then when we started asking about advice, he was coming back. You're talking about that. I'm like, you know, that's what wants to come through. And I'm trying to respect your boundary. And, you know, we were asking just general advice. I'm like, we're in a general category. This is going to come up. And then she'd get mad at me. And I was trying really hard because I like to respect people's boundaries. But that came up. And then sometimes people aren't as firm about a boundary. Yeah. And sometimes people did a bad thing to somebody. Mm. And that comes up in a reading. And they they wronged somebody. And, and it's not it's not because, you know, what I'm picking up is not the other person's feelings. A lot of the times it's, it's how they feel about themselves inside for that. And I'll say there's a lot of guilt and shame about this, this thing that happened and they get mad. <laughs> it's just, whoop, just right away. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I noticed is the better I got at reading, the more I would find the deep nugget thing yeah. more quickly. And then people might get mad. But then what I've noticed too with that is that it's just because they weren't expecting you to find that at that moment. And uh, I try then when someone, I stop when someone gets, you know, a little bit angry. I don't like stop the whole reading, but I check in and I say, would you like me to continue talking about this? I really try to just check in with them because I don't want to... (laughs) inflame people they're not consenting to that I really see a reading as a really a lot of it is consent I check in with clients like all along the way how are you feeling would you like me to go deeper into that would you like me to move on yeah you know um and I try to respect that line they want to draw because I'm not here to I'm here to answer their questions and help bring them clarity I'm not here to throw them in the deep end of the pool and tell them to figure it out right (laughs) yeah yeah, it's funny because I I can see like drawing that line of distinction of getting consent and being like, okay, I can see this is a difficult subject because there's there are a lot of difficult subjects and some people just don't aren't prepared to I mean to to see it and to talk about it and and I know as an intuitive person it can be hard because like I know especially earlier when I was doing readings for people that I knew I'd get a whiff of that, like an intuitive whiff of, of that. I was, that there was something happening and then I would totally censor myself and I would totally like, instead of being like, Hey, look, this is, I know this is kind of uncomfortable. Do you want to talk about it? And if they'd be like, no, you know, instead I would just not talk about it. I can't like some of my very early readings when I was learning how to read, I can't tell you those number of times where I saw something clear as day in the cards and I didn't say it because I was like, this is kind of ouchy, right? This isn't what they want to hear. And over time, I think as, as you become a reader, especially when you do it professionally, you learn that you can't do that. You're doing a disservice to people, but I like what you're saying about consent. Like we're going to put a toe in the water and then we're going to check and see if this is cool. If it's not, if you just want me to tell you all the good stuff 
I'll tell you the best outcome from what we have in these cards, but Lenormand, I guess, doesn't let you do that. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, I, I think consent's really important with it because I don't know what I'm going to get. And I don't yeah. know at the time that I'm getting the message, how they're going to react to that. And so I like to have their verbal consent before I continue. And I, I do this even when the subject matter is not even, you yeah. know, that seemingly that way, because you don't know what it is for somebody else. So what I do is I, I read a grand tableau, which is like the big mama reading in Lenormand and there's lines and they talk about particular areas. So when I get to, they call it the intersection of forces is the technical term for it. I'll read one about work or whatever. And I'll be like, how are you doing? And I kind of just assess them. Sometimes they look a little battered up <laughs> after, after one. And I'm like, would you like me to pull some advice on that? You know, because yeah. Lenormand will just say, hey, that job that you're applying for ain't going to work out. You're going to have yeah. to do something else. And that's hard. Sometimes though, I'm like, this is the current path you're on. Yeah. It, uh, would you like me to ask advice for maybe how could you best prepare for that job interview to see if that would, you know, because that's not set in stone. They maybe still could get the job or something. Yeah. Or would you like yeah. me to see what other possibilities might be out there? Sometimes we have to kind of do that work before we can move on to another part of the reading. Yeah. It just depends on, on the situation and the client, but I like to just check in along the way. The thing is when I first started, that was harder for me because I didn't know how to, it's kind of like a, I see it like as a faucet, like a tap of information. Yeah. And it was hard for me to shut off that faucet and then turn it back on. Now that's a lot easier for me to do. So I feel like that also is an experience thing too, yeah. I think. But everybody's different with how they work. But I think regardless, I think consent's really important about digging into things and also not censoring yourself because I find that consent actually helps you to not censor yourself, right? Because if you're going in and you're not sure how they feel about it, then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't want to, because you, you've got to check all your people pleasing up at the door, but right. you can just say, I got this message. Would you like me to tell you? Yeah. And if they say no, I respect that. And we move on. And there's a whole other piece of this I could talk about too, but that might be a whole other episode, but just like what you say before a reading to make sure that you're getting helpful information and so that you don't enter into that situation where you're getting all this information that's not helpful and you're just all doomsday scenario, you know? So that's part of it too, is how you set up the reading. That's really important. Um, I think yeah. it's funny because what you're saying about people pleasing, my mantra that sort of really helped me get through that, that people pleasing part was people pleasers make bad readers. Right? Yes, it's true. Or it's no, really people true. pleasers don't make good readers. That's what I, yeah. and so I have to keep saying that to myself. But you think you bring up another really good point, like doing divination, giving readings means that you are going to be dropping some truth bombs on people that yep. they may or may not be ready for. And yep. that it's not your job to show people the truth and then leave them hanging. It is your right. job to show them the truth and then help them in any way that you are specialized to do to make good decisions to navigate that situation. And that is really what readers are supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to just tell them how crappy their lives are. 
uh, we're supposed to tell them, yeah, I can see that this is going on and that the trajectory you're on, you're headed this way. And let's pull, like you said, pull some advice cards. Let's, let's look at some other possibilities that are open to you. I mean, I think one of the, for me, one of the most powerful things that you can do for a client is show them possibilities that they can't see right now. Yep. Because that's empowering. That isn't even advice. That's just that's just shedding some light on some possible directions, and then they get to make their own decision according to their own conscious and their own their own intuition. Yes. No. I a hundred percent agree. It's the sweet and salty or salty and sweet kind of thing, but it's genuine. It's not just giving them that because you want to. It's you know just saying something that isn't true to make them feel better. My job is to help you navigate situations, right. you know, and and to help and to give you the information that I can give you to either make that situation better or give you some foresight. But it isn't about leaving them hanging with you know because that's right. why people are people a lot of times are scared to get a reading from me right when they start. But almost always afterwards, I'm like, how are you feeling at the end of the reading? And they're like. I feel so much better. I feel clear. I feel like I know what to do. I, and and it's, I didn't get a bunch of shocking news. You know, I always say like most readings aren't surprising because it's the path that you're already on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's interesting that we drop a lot of truth bombs, but there's ways to kind of help them navigate the situation that can really uplift them. Hey, curious folk, it's Emily Rose here. I wanted to pause this conversation to ask you, have you heard of Lenormand? You know, those sassy to the point cards that tell it like it is. If you're a tarot reader, oracle card reader, or someone who is simply curious about cardomancy and divination, Lenormand is a fabulous way to add specificity to a reading, or it can be a standalone divinatory tool. For instance, you can ask Lenormand to show you the ins and outs of a potential romance, give you a heads up of what to expect for the year ahead, or even help you find lost objects. I'm telling you, this is a game changer that you just have to try out to believe. Have I piqued your curiosity? Inside my free three-lesson Lenormand mini course, I'll teach you the basics along with a daily practice to get you started. You can take my free mini course at emilyrosedivination.com slash mini course. That's emilyrosedivination.com slash mini course. See you inside. Are you looking for a divination tool to help bring peace and clarity into your life? The Opal Oracle is a colorful 72-card deck that delivers empowering messages, beautiful symbols, and crystal-clear guidance. It's a helpful tool that nudges you in the direction of your greatest good. In this vibrant and joyful deck, readers can dive more deeply into a path of self-compassion and reveal to themselves the love that exists in the world around them. The Opal Oracle can serve as a standalone deck of cards or it can be used as a companion to other divination systems. Pick up your copy of the Opal Oracle card deck on Etsy or at opaloracle.com. And now back to our curious conversation. Well, and I would really like to do a public service announcement right now for all the people who are reading for others or thinking about becoming readers because... 
we have probably both met, I know I've met readers who got a weirdly sick kind of thrill out of dropping truth bombs, showing the accuracy or proving themselves mm-hmm. as a psychic person and then just leaving people hanging. Like maybe they were super, super yeah. psychic and they were really good at predicting or really good at sussing out situations so they could see the truth, but then they just left it there. So my public service announcement to readers and potential readers is if you do not have the tools and the capacity or the inclination to help people navigate the situations that they're in once they've seen the truth, don't be a reader. Like you should not Mm -hmm. be a reader (laughs) because that's not what being a reader is about. That's not how you help. You know, you're just being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've both seen that, I think, with with people. And it's not good. And I, I actually went to a ethics talk at Northwest Tarot Symposium a while ago, and this topic was brought up about what our job is as readers. And it is really debatable. And I'm sorry, I can't remember who was on the panel. One point of view was... All I do is answer questions. That was one point of view. All I do is answer questions. These are all really prominent people like yeah. in the this space. They're like, my job is not to empower people. My job is to read the cards. So that was one hot take from somebody. And then another person was like, I hard disagree with that. <laughs> no, my job is to empower people. That's my right. job is empowerment. Everybody on that panel was like, they're published authors, they're really esteemed. So there's a lot of debate in the space about what our job is as readers, but I agree with you. I want to empower people. That's what I want to do. I want to help people understand the situation that they're in, what part they may have played, they didn't play, just understand the situation, see what possibilities are available to them that maybe they didn't know. And also help them cope with the situation if it's if it's challenging too. What's going to help them through that? So I, I land in the empowerment camp. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I see you could just answer people's questions is maybe that's all that people want is like, I just want you to answer my question. Is he coming back? And that's just sort of like, you know... I don't know. I guess there's there's some usefulness to that, but I feel like that you could do more harm than good just being like, oh yeah, here it is. Yes, no, you know, maybe he's not coming back or whatever. I just don't, I don't know. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. I've had bad experiences with that. Yeah, and this is something I encounter kind of a lot and I have a lot of things I could say about this. That's the direction I'm going with readings too, which is changing. Um, But I get kind of both camps of people where I have people that they kind of treat me like a psychic hotline. (laughs) You know, they're just (laughs) like, is he coming back? Whatever. I will answer people's questions. So if people, I'll answer that. But usually what I like to do in the reading is I start with, why do you want to know that? Why do you want to know? And some people are like, why are you asking me that? Like, (laughs) it's a little personal or whatever. But my job, I feel like as a reader is to, I want to understand the essence of the situation and help you craft meaningful, helpful questions from that. And I can't do that if I don't know why you don't, why you you want to know something. What are you hoping for? Are you wanting to get back together with this person? Are you hoping they never contact you again? What do you want to know? 
And then they'll usually just be like, well, I'm hung up about it and I'm hoping they come back, but it wasn't a good relationship. I just, you know, okay, now I can start crafting questions that are going to be helpful to you with just that little bit of context of, okay, you're hoping for this type of outcome. And some people won't give me that. And this happened, this isn't really, sorry, a whole covered wagon just went by (laughs) outside. Like, am I, I grew up, uh, you know, on a place on the Oregon Trail. Am I in the Oregon Trail? Am I in the video game? Um, What is happening? You've time-traveled. That's how amazing our conversations are. I've time-traveled. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's, like, (laughs) so bananas. But now I can't remember where I was. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry. You were talking about how people they come to you and you have to tease out like more from their from what they're asking to get some context. And then you, then you start to dive in and provide an answer, provide an answer, but also provide the rest of the information too. Yes. Because I just find that what I'm good at as a reader, and I feel like what I see a lot of other readers are really good at, you know, depending on what they want to do as readers, I'm really good at crafting questions that lead them to whatever their truth is. That's what I'm good at doing. Yeah. And I also channel information too. So it's kind of marrying those two things together to provide the best experience for them in the sense of after the reading and what they decide to do with, you know, with their lives moving forward. And that's how my readings work. I feel not great after reading when someone's just like, refuses to engage with me in that kind of conversation. Like, I just want to know if my girlfriend's coming back or whatever. Okay, sure. And then I'll, you know, pull the cards. I'm like, nope. (laughs) It's almost like, it's almost like just, just get a coin and heads is yes and tails is no and flip the coin and you'll have your, your, you know, you'll have your answer. <laughs> yeah, it's your own, just do your own divination if this is all you want to know. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, no, she's not coming back. And then he's like, well, what's she doing now? And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to answer that because that doesn't pertain to you. The way I prefer it to happen is having this back and forth with somebody and getting to, I always say one notch deeper than where they're thinking. So I yeah. like to start at up here, you know, you're wanting to get her back and you're wanting to kind of atone for a mistake you made. Right. Okay. This is a different camp of things than that we're talking about. And then I can craft really meaningful questions around this that are going to help you. And that becomes a much more fruitful conversation. Well, and I think actually this is this is another kind of good point. Sometimes people come to us with re- with questions like that, not because they really are just have superficial questions. You often focus on is just we need to get you to ask the best question possible. But also some people, they're trying to keep it concise in order to be courteous to the reader. I'm just going to make yeah. this simple and concise because I'm trying to be courteous for this reader. I don't want to make it really complicated, right? And yeah. And that, it, that has nothing to do with their capacity to like ask good questions or, or willingness to look at the broader picture. It's, it's just a, it's like a social formality mm-hmm. and giving people yeah. permission to ask like, no, no, it's okay. You please elaborate. You are more than, as long as we don't convolute things, like, please elaborate. Let's talk a little bit about this situation. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a line too, that's tricky to walk as a reader between like getting too much information that you feel like you're going to be clouded by it. But, but for me, like, what do you want to happen? Because then I can kind of guide the questions to see how that outcome may be possible for you. If I don't know what you want, I might be asking questions that you don't care about, you know, and then that doesn't matter. So I think it's about knowing what are you wanting from this? Yeah. You know, what are you hoping for? Or if maybe they don't know, they're like, I just don't understand the situation. I feel lost. Then great. We can explore the situation, see what happened, you know, kind of do like a analysis on it. And then we can move forward, you know, from there. I found that a lot of my job as a reader is to do that with people and just start to kind of tease through that and what I found is at first, I got a lot of people who were like, I just want to know if they're coming back or whatever. And I could do that. I could answer that question for them. No problem. But I didn't feel good about it. And yeah. I didn't leave a job that I didn't really like for another job I didn't really like, right? Because now I'm a full-time reader. Now that I have a really great client base, that doesn't really come up as much. I do still get new people that come in that occasionally I get that, but for the most part, most of my clients are returning and they know what to expect, (laughs) I think. And I I try to put that up front on all my stuff too, but yeah. I like this idea of let's talk about how we avoid having wonky ratings, you know, and you have so much to say about that in terms of setting it up, setting up so that there's clear expectations and creating boundaries, getting consent and curating a really ideal client base, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. You've, you've learned a lot through trial and error. And I think that a lot of readers end up going through that too, but it's nice to have the voice of experience, you know, to say that I would love to share the rest of my, my disaster reading story. Yes. I want to know. I want to (laughs) know. Just as for people who are beginning to read, here's a disaster reading story from the perspective of someone who was receiving the reading. So it was an audition for a reading. So I was getting a reading from this person and, and he, like I said, he didn't ask me any questions. He just started pulling cards and I was like, Oh, okay, we're here we go. We're doing a reading. And then, and I was trying to like help him because I really wanted him to, to do well. And so I was, I was trying to like feed him some stuff like, well, maybe, you know, to give him something to work off of. And what happened was he pulled all these, like really all the cards you don't want to see in the tarot. Yeah. They were all coming up all the really ouchy cards. And, and what, what was happening is it was three weeks, two or three weeks before the shutdown of COVID. Okay. So okay. it was, it was like real talk stuff. Shit's about to hit the fan. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so all the cards were like legitimately accurate but what was weird, it was his interpretation because we all didn't, we all weren't prepared for what was about to happen. So his interpretation with no question to work on was everybody's lying to you. Your employees are stealing from you. And, oh, and he, I, I kid you not. He said, and you need to get laid. Okay. (laughs) I was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. is done. So the nice thing about the reading was I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work, but the the cards were accurate enough that it actually did give me a heads up because I could read the cards myself. And I was like, 
Oh, okay. So it did, the cards themselves helped me, but his whole like approach was really offensive and, and harsh and stuff like that. Yeah. That was a, that was a bad reading. So my um, gosh. Yeah. First of all, don't, don't tell people they need to get laid. That's just kind of, I mean, maybe you can, but that was, this was like a professional kind of thing. That was, that was a boundary crosser right there. The second thing is like, ask somebody what they want from the reading, ask them a question, anything. So you're not just pulling cards blind. And it's about, I think it's too about respect in a reading and yeah. about like what, like finding the the way to deliver information that's compassionate and appropriate for whatever the situation is. But like, yeah. Cause there's a way to be like, Hey, like, you need some intimacy in your life, but in a compassionate way that, or whatever, which that wasn't even right. (laughs) Probably (laughs) from that reading. Cause I definitely say things to people like, I can't believe I said that to somebody, but it, it was like, we waded into that water. We didn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it wasn't throwing them off a cliff. And so it's not a surprise by that point in the reading. It's kind of what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Oh my God. That's, I feel like we could do another whole episode on all the readings before COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's so, that's so interesting. Well, the funny thing is, is the cards, the part, the, the part that came after that is the person I was also doing, like there was another person also doing an audition too. So they had their own reading with this guy and she came out, she goes, I feel traumatized. I was like, me too. (laughs) That was like harsh. But the, again, the cards were right. Like the cards that were selected because she could read cards too. The cards that were selected actually were totally right. It was just like his whole technique and style was just not, not compassionate. I think would be the most, <laughs> yep. the kindest way to put it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Have you had any, <laughs> have you had any ethically bad readings? received any epically bad reading let me say not really I think because we are fortunate enough to know so many people yeah in this space that I can kind of suss out who I think will be a good reader and not and so but I, I have had one experience it was a group reading that was bad and mostly because she was very um acerbic and her delivery kind of like what you're saying with that person that you're reading for they just kind of say it but it was a traumatic thing that had just happened to me that she picked up that um that she picked it up but then she just kind of lectured me yeah so then lectured me for what I did wrong to receive trauma basically and that was bad so that's happened to me before that was a group thing. And then I just said, like, please don't read for me anymore. I'm done. And I just think, like, someone who's been on one end of receiving trauma, like, for, that's just not how you handle that situation is by yeah. blaming them for how they got in that situation. Just in general, shame is never a good vehicle for reading, in my opinion. And she's a very well-respected reader, So that really took me by surprise. And I investigated it for a long time after, like, did I just take that one way? But everyone else who was in the reading was like, that was really messed up. Like, they agreed with that too. So it it wasn't just my take. 
on it because I was kind of screwed up from it afterwards. So I was still processing what, what happened. Yeah. And it was like a, a medical trauma thing that happened to me, like the whole procedure went bad and it was bad. Um, so yeah, that's been one experience I've had. And I was with a very prominent reader. I don't want to name names. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that really uh, stung, I guess, for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think there's some commonality there. Like as people who've yep. received readings, if the client is feeling traumatized by your reading, then you're doing something wrong. And like, mm. obviously lecturing is not, unless somebody is asking to be lectured. Some people want a lecture for some reason. Yeah. We should never be lecturing people. And also we shouldn't be blaming people or traumatizing people. That's not that's not okay. That is not okay. So do you think this person had enough? To, do you think that they understood what they were doing? No. Mm-mm. No. No. Because they were confused why I didn't want to continue to be read for. Yeah. They were very confused by that. So yeah, I don't think they had that sense in that. So that that was probably my worst experience. I've had other readings that just didn't land and weren't true from people a few times. But other than that, I haven't had any like really bad like yeah. experiences. Yeah. We should talk. We should do another thing where we can talk about group readings and how to like productively do group to row readings. Cause I think you, it sounds like you've had some bad experiences with group readings, but I think we probably also had some really good experiences with how to do group readings yeah, I'm not the best group reader. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like me personally, I've been in a lot of group readings, but I'm not a big fan of group readings as me myself yeah. giving them. It's just not my style. I've tried it. I've done it a few times and didn't like my experience doing it. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it went fine. I just wasn't into it. So well, this is cool. I feel like we've covered a lot of good wonky ratings. What happens with wonky ratings? How not to give wonky ratings, you know? I feel like this is kind of leading into like how to set yourself up for success as a as a new reader. I feel like right. almost that's a whole other podcast potentially is yeah. doing something like that. Yeah, because I what I've learned is that a lot of it's in you can't avoid all of it, but if you like your preparation and the way you set things up, which for me was learned by the hard way through trial and error, yeah, can, can really make it so you don't have as many experiences that are, you know, where you leave like, oh my God, what did I, you know, what was that reading? And, and, yeah. and you have so many question marks. It, it really is. I think like you kind of hinted at earlier about your ideal clients and like, working with people who vibe with your style of reading and and I think we could have a whole thing on that too (laughs) let's do that let's definitely do that all right well it's been awesome talking to you about this stuff and hopefully some people got some benefit out of the uh uh, some of our scary stories but also (laughs) some uh hopeful hopefully some productive tips as well yes definitely thanks for talking with me about it thanks everybody Bye. bye Thank you for listening to Divinely Curious. Connect with us on social media and tell us what you thought about today's episode. You can find Emily at Emily Rose Divination or on her website, emilyrosedivination.com. You can also find me, Heather, on social media at Lovejoy Lightwork. Or you can visit my website, lovejoylightwork.com. 
Thanks for listening and stay curious. 